0: Welcome to another episode of Chillin in the State House. I'm Andrew Ball, one half of the state government team reporting team at the Topeka Capital Journal. I'm joined as always by my better half, Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you doing, sir?
1: Oh, it's been a long week, but I'm doing better because it's the end. But I, for those listening, it's probably now the start of a new week. <laughs>
0: yeah, we made it through. Barely. And our comrade in arms, John Hanna, the Associated Press. I think we can basically just call you a regular at this point.
2: Yes. Well, and how are you doing, Andrew? A little sleepy. Well, I'm I'm so chill that if I were more chill, I'd be a meat locker,
0: but <laughs> But um Yes. Thank you, folks. I'm here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Um yeah, the reason we're so sleepy is because the Kansas legislature was up all night long. Almost. Gaveling out at three AM. <laughs> I, I just I love the I love the gestures, the Lionel Richie.
1: <laughs> well <laughs> It was about two twenty AM, I think. Okay. Yeah. Two
0: twenty AM. Jason's fact checking me. Uh when the Kansas Senate gaveled out. They had a busy night of legismaladin, and uh, we're here to break it all down. Uh, Normally, this would be the week that's called Veto Session, which is when legislators return to Topeka, override some vetoes, and then pick a date way off in the future to come back and have their ceremonial end of session. Things are a little different this year because they might have to draw new congressional maps, as we've talked about on the air. So they will be back, but still an action-packed week, and maybe the place to begin is uh, them putting the veto in veto session <laughs> and attempting to override some of Governor Laura Kelly's vetoes. The Kansas Senate uh, held their override votes on Tuesday. They succeeded, actually, on all four of the override uh, attempts that they, uh, they trotted out, most notably a bill banning transgender athletes from girls' and women's sports. And a so-called Parents' Bill of Rights that, uh, among other things, lays out how districts, what, what uh, quote-unquote rights districts would need to preserve for parents. So things like reviewing curriculum, reviewing school materials, challenging questionable books in the library, things of that nature. Uh, those moved over to the Kansas House where uh, those two high-profile veto override attempts actually failed uh the transgender athletes bill was fairly close for republicans voted with all democrats to uh, have them come up short parents bill rights not quite as close i think over a half dozen or uh, over over a dozen 13 i think a uh, baker's dozen a baker's uh, dozen republicans voted to uh, uh in opposition and sunk that override attempt but jason they they did succeed on one veto override to be to be sure
1: the food stamp work requirement bill uh that and, was and this
0: is not we're not we're not on a on a, what what's the show where you snap and yes or isn't there like a I, acapella group snap would
1: know which show <laughs>
2: I, I'm drawing a blank. Well, it's, okay. Anyway. It's, it's um, been a long week, yes. SNAP <laughs> is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, right? Out of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, I think it's the one that actually runs it. Federally funded, state funded mix, I believe. Correct me uh, if I'm wrong uh, about I, that. I, it's I'm hard for me to... I'm not entirely
1: sure. I think it's almost entirely federal. Yeah, it may
2: be almost entirely federally funded. Uh, but the state has... has discretion and kind of determining what what you have to do to to get SNAP. And boy, if you want to get into acronyms and terms, boy, (laughs) social services is the place to do it. Uh, ABODs, we're talking about non-disabled adults or so-called able-bodied, and we can have a discussion about whether that's ableist or not, but non-disabled adults without dependents, mostly children. And eighteen to forty nine and they would be required to go to a work training job training program if they are not working thirty hours a week
1: right the Kansas currently has a voluntary work training program. The participation is fairly low uh something like two hundred ish out of about fourteen thousand. Uh, beneficiaries a month take advantage of this voluntary program uh what the bill does is makes that training mandatory and it doesn't matter if you say have a minimum wage job that gives you twenty nine hours a week you would now have to find a way to make it to this work training program
2: well Jason is there has there been any any studying of why so few uh, participants in 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 food assistance uh, take advantage of the voluntary job training.
1: Uh, I am not aware of any, though I'm sure there is. Uh, are you? Is, is this a rhetorical question? Well, it's not. Can, it's not really uh, a. It's not some. really
2: a rhetorical question. I would note that critics of the bill say we are largely, for the most part, talking about people who are already working. Um, and are just struggling to make ends meet and put food on the table. I
1: mean, Democrats say that this bill attacks the working poor and is just being well, and, mean and, to poor people. And
2: it? and it's not it's not just Democrats. It's food pantry operators and some religious leaders and social services agency directors and advocates for the poor the argument in favor of this bill is that uh, that it is promoting self-sufficiency and and the answer to poverty is work and there's dignity and work
1: um so uh, a, a little bit of history on the bill it came about through public health and welfare in the senate there was one proponent a main Former main government worker and conservative activist who now works for a Florida think tank that has pushed legislation in several states. Is including that the Kansas. foundation
2: for governmental accountability?
1: I I believe so, and it was connected with the uh, Opportunity Solutions Project. I think there's some the, the foundation. There. The
2: foundation has for a while um, advocated. Uh, more restrictive policies on social services on under the idea that you want to you want to push people from being dependent on government help into jobs Um, during the brownback administration 2015 2016 the state really tightened up its its cash assistance rules actually what happened was brownback had the Brownback administration had rewritten regulations and then they put them into state law so that they would be harder to change when, when another governor came in. What's interesting is if I'm recalling correctly, and I believe I am, one of Brown, one of the Brownback's key staffers uh, was also later, also later went to work for the foundation. So there is, there is, some tie there and this is I mean this is not a new strain of thought amongst republicans amongst conservatives that you know if you have these open-ended benefits program open-ended in the sense that you don't have work requirements that you create a a so-called cultural culture of dependency most of the centrist or left of center probably more uh, social services advocates dispute that and argue that all you're doing is you're cutting people off and making their lives miserable. And, you know, in a way that doesn't happen in, say, European
1: countries. The the Republican, the, the group that was pushing for this bill, uh, decided, you know, the best way to help a poor person is to get them a job where they can have a hand up instead of a hand out, give them work training so they can get a better job. Uh, And they also saw it as kind of a solution to the workforce shortage in Kansas. Uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics show about 90,000 open jobs in Kansas, but per DCF numbers, there's about 14,000 able-bodied adults without dependents who receive food stamps. So, even if all of them got a job right now, there would still be a huge workforce shortage.
2: Well, and and there was a debate back when when the cash assistance rules went into were part of state law. There be there was a, a debate over whether people were actually being moved into good jobs. Um, I mean the question is whether you're doing anybody much good if you move them off assistance and into a job that doesn't pay them enough uh, to get above the poverty level. And so that that debate is is out there. Um, yeah, it's it, this is this is, I mean, the because social services costs perpetually rise and and because there's always, um politically there's always a sense of from uh middle class upper middle class folks uh who uh, about you know their tax dollars going essentially i'll put this in quotes to support somebody this is always a tension um in in state policy the state budget
1: the the, the- Republican debates uh, over this, there seemed to be some infighting over how this would work. Uh, Some said, you know, the people who are beneficiaries will go to training, and then that will lead to a better job. And and Jason, what's
2: interesting was critics said this bill is so sloppily written that that it could be applied much more broadly than the supporters say it was intended to. The supporters are very clear that they're looking at doing this for non-disabled adults, 18 to 49, with no dependents. But the Democrats argue that the way that bill is written, it could also apply to anyone, any adult, who doesn't, who isn't working 30 hours a week. And so, obviously, something like that would get sorted out in the implementation and You know, if there's a court challenge or the federal government steps in and says something. But that's an interesting, I think that's an interesting issue that the argument that this bill was so, I mean, the the provisions we're talking about are actually, I would say, five lines out of a much longer bill.
1: And and there was some admission that, you know, historical data suggests that very few, relatively, of the affected people will participate in a mandatory training program for whatever reason. And so does it really help them to kick them out of a program without work training and without food assistance and make them essentially have to depend on food banks that are already strained Uh, so that way they'll have food to eat?
2: The bottom line here is being poor in the United States is just... It's just very difficult. Being poor in the united states is just difficult you're living in the most affluent society in world history so you know you're kind of miserable because every but you see all this you know people living much better than you are but you know child care if you know you got to have child care and the right job training and and all of these things can become barriers to getting out of poverty
0: well I think this kind of feeds nicely into the other one of the other big things that, that we can discuss and that's the the food sales tax and we've discussed this a fair amount but I think particularly given where inflation's at, one of the core arguments for a rapid elimination of the state sales tax on food is to that end middle working class people people in poverty are struggling right now they are struggling to, afford groceries and they need they need help now not on january 1st well and, 2023. and, and,
2: and you know if if you if the state eliminated the food grocery sales tax on groceries immediately a family that spends two hundred dollars a week on groceries which you know it's probably not an unreasonable amount uh would save six hundred and seventy six dollars a year that is a good chunk of change, especially for working-class families. And um, what's interesting is, of course, that only 13 states impose their sales tax on food. Um, Kansas is among a handful that impose the full sales tax, and Kansas's state rate is the second-highest state rate behind um, Mississippi. Mississippi at 7%. And I mean, no offense to my friends in Mississippi, but who wants to be
0: number two behind Mississippi? <laughs> Apologies to any Mississippi-based children in the state. And I got to say, I
2: covered the Mississippi delegation to the Republican Convention in 2000. Great folks. Just a wonderful time. Very, very good. But, I mean, Mississippi has a lot of challenges. Um, some historic and long-standing, but the the point is that kansas is a bit of an outlier on this now what's interesting in the middle of all this debate the uh right of center conservative tax foundation issues a report suggesting that actually getting rid of the food sales tax is not the way to go it's a little regressive because of uh nutrition assistance and all that and really what you ought to do is Everybody should tax groceries and lots of other things and lower, broaden the base of what you're taxing and lower the rate. And I asked Tom Holland about that. We were emailing Senator Tom Holland Senator Tom the tax committee. and from Baldwin City. And, you know, his point was this idea that you could put the sales tax on services is like hunting for a unicorn. I mean, it's a nice idea, but it is literally – his argument is never going to happen. And having watched the legislature now for however many years I have, yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment. Uh,
0: how,
2: however advisable that policy is, you're not going to get the legislature to put a sales tax on services.
0: Well, and Jason, we, we know for a fact this is becoming law, right, the, the uh, more
1: gradual – Food sales tax reduction. Uh, mm-hmm. Three the, years. The uh, so the, a little bit of backstory. The governor had a plan: cut the six point five percent to zero percent starting July first. Literally, what,
0: she called it axe the food sales tax. Yes,
1: and, and had a, a Yes,
2: they had a hatchet, and it, the the hatchet was in the communications director's office for some time.
1: And, and that's the plan that Democrats have been fighting for since January. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took some procedural votes this week and Republicans voted that down. Uh, Republicans instead advanced their plan that was negotiated by a group of six lawmakers. Uh, and what it does is takes the current 6.5%, cuts it to 4%. Starting, After the election. Correct. Starting January 1st, then it goes to 2%, the next January 1st, mm-hmm. then 0% January 2025. So for the lawmakers who made inflation right now is difficult and we should cut the tax to help people. The tax relief, you have to wait eight months for a piece of it and three years for the full tax relief. Well,
2: and and obviously uh, part of what's going on here is this debate was just smothered in election year politics um i mean obviously um under the republican plan the first relief doesn't arrive until after the november election when uh which
0: one imagines is not a coincidence well because because if it if it took if it kicked in in july right right or Um, even october or even october it would
2: be before the election and so people would be noticing these the reduction in their grocery bills right before the election and obviously both laura kelly and her presumed republican opponent Derek schmidt are jockeying for credit for this um uh, and so are Republican and Democratic legislators and, you know, they're relitigating a 2019 tax bill that had a food sales tax component in
1: it. Well, and- in trying to take credit, you know, most Republicans, if not all Republicans, consider this a win uh, or at least the vast majority of Republicans say it's a win. And the governor and uh, other people close to the governor are claiming this is a win for her. But if you ask House Democrats, you know, that they they don't feel like they want anything. Uh, no. Some said they, uh, Rep. Jim Gartner, a Topeka Democrat, the top uh, Democrat on tax issues, said he went into the year with cutting the food sales tax as number one priority. He said he is ashamed and he feels like his fellow le- legislators well, should and, also And be Jerry
2: Stogsdale from Johnson County, another Democrat, said we blew it you know crumbs it's crumbs, we, it's yeah, crumbs yeah. he said um he, yeah, He
1: called it a bunt when, a we could bunt a when they run. could have
2: had a home run. Yes, he did say
0: that. A lot of, a lot of metaphors were belabored. <laughs> well,
2: and, and part of the issue there is, you, you know, you're as a legislator, you're stuck with this as the one thing you get an up or down vote on. Do you vote yes or no? And if you vote no, then you voted against the cutting the food sales tax, and that's on the palm card or the brochure. And, I mean,
1: the, the process by which this bill was produced was a conference committee report. You have... Three senators, three House members, four total Republicans, two total Democrats. They met in a room, negotiated the details of this bill, but the people in the room didn't actually get the say because they said that Republican leadership, primarily in the Senate, was the ones that had to sign off on the plan. And this is what was produced, and there was no chance to amend it by anybody else. And
2: there's two things interesting about this debate. That first point— Um, Because we'd been watching over the years in the legislature where uh, the leadership, the leaders became less and less powerful, less able to rein in their members collectively. And, And now it seems like we're seeing a return to the days of... Um, more powerful leaders with more influence and more able to direct what happens. The second thing that's really interesting about this debate is Republicans said, you know, we don't want to go too far too fast because we want to, you remember the lessons of the income tax experiment 2012, 2013 under governor Sam Brownback and, you know, big budget shortfalls followed that tax cutting experiment and, and uh there were a pretty miserable if you were a Republican or a legislator of any kind, pretty miserable three or four years until most of that experiment was repealed and and what's interesting is as literally almost as soon as it was repealed, the state started having monthly revenue surplus, i think. It's all been almost five years now, and in 58 months, only three times has the state not exceeded if its revenue estimates So for the month. so um, So there are those memories out there. But what was interesting was that it was a, a lot of Republicans making that argument, literally throwing the rhetoric that Laura Kelly used to get elected in 2018 back at her. Um, but of course, we've got these uh, projections for gar- gar- gargantuan ending balances. It's almost ridiculous how big they are., Um, you know, our cup
0: overfloweth.
2: I mean, not only does it overfloweth, it's all over on the floor and into the next room. I mean, I
0: mean, I think I saw the budget committee chairs doing a Scrooge McDuck. Dive into a into a bed of gold coins. Did did you see that the other day?
1: Uh, Depends on if they were doing the Disney version of Scrooge McDuck.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's another bill. That's that's, we'll talk about that later. Another state, another bill. We can talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, I mean, this was this weird, strange difficulty of having more money than than if you're a legislator. There's more money than you've could conceive of ever having i mean in literally in 35 plus years of covering the legislature i have not seen largesse in revenues to this extent and so that creates its own interesting problems and you know you I'm sure there are folks thinking, oh, well, you know, we can commit to all these things that look great because we have the money now. But what happens if inflation continues for a while and causes the economy to slow down? Fiscal cliff. Fiscal cliff is uh, the,
1: uh, And that's why legislators put a whole lot of money into the rainy day fund. $750 they, million. Dollars. They prepaid more than a billion dollars mm-hmm. in capers debt. They
0: paid off some bonds that we had.
1: Yeah, what? Da,
2: like it seems like they paid off $375 mm-hmm. million dollars in bonds. I think it,
1: they had a couple others that were smaller. In yeah. So, so they took a lot of actions that are universally considered to be wise fiscal moves uh, but you know for having such large budget surpluses I think I would have expected more tax cuts this year
2: well and there are some Republican legislators who are are still working on that Jason I mean Karen Tyson the chair of the Senate tax Committee Gene uh, Swollentrop Republican from Wichita was pushing for a bill at what, what what was it? One thirty in the morning. We were, uh, I think at like two in the morning. Two in point. the morning, maybe.
1: I think it started around one forty-five. Then took about thirty minutes before they realized there was a rule violation.
0: Wait, you're going to tell me that perhaps legislators don't make their best decisions and don't, at don't always 2 follow the
1: rules at two in the morning? I'm yeah. shocked.
0: Well, okay, I'm Let's, shocked. It, it, I tell you, caveat for chilling
2: in the state house listeners there really is only one rule in the legislature which is the rules are what a majority says the rules are and so if you have a rule that says you can't have too many bills in a conference committee report uh, you have a committee that sits around and determines what constitutes a bill in a conference committee report. And we went through this with the school funding bill, and Boog Heiberger, a Democrat from Lawrence, challenged uh, the conference committee report on education funding twice as violating the rules, and and the rules committee in the House each time came back and carefully explained why that report was just within the boundaries Which, of the which rules. is
1: why I think for some of us observers – it was surprising to see an admission of a rule violation. Yes, yes, they were, they, which they, suggested
2: they, that everybody was tired and wanted to get out of there. And upon finding an excuse to do so,
0: availed themselves of it. Yeah, and I don't think any of us were complaining.
2: No, I mean, not that they, not yeah. that our feelings are are what should dictate what happens yeah. in and, the legislature. And the ones who were pushing
1: but... for the tax cut, I think, were largely okay with breaking for the sure i mean because they seem to have a tacit agreement to uh, try the tax bill when they come back
2: sure and and obviously by that time the house had adjourned until may 23rd so the bill wasn't it would have needed a house vote so it wasn't going to get through and go to the governor's desk
0: at that point at this point, I think I need a nap. I I
2: wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling a dad nap coming on too. My, d- my d-
1: depends on if you can nap through the storm that's coming.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, unless the sky is dark green and rotating, I think I can. <laughs> um, I mean, I you know, my 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 late father was a big fan of golf and the way he played. Very good player, but the way he got his naps on Saturday afternoon was to turn on some golf tournament, Pebble Beach or the Masters, and sit there and just kind of slide into a, a light nap on the couch.
0: Well, we hope that children in the state house did not cause you to take a nap. And if you are awake and alert and want to read all the Topeka Capital Journal state government reporting from the last week, you can head on over to cjonline.com or follow us on Twitter at cjonline. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. And you can find us there. Jason, if they want to hear from you personally, where can that be done?
1: On Twitter at Jason underscore Tid.
0: And I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. John, if they want a different take on things, where well, can they find you? A- well, APJDHanna a- a- P- on Twitter, which Twitter is becoming a really
2: interesting place now. <laughs> uh, but that's for another day. And then uh, www.apnews.com backslash hand movement, Kansas. Uh, that will get you my stories.
0: And if you want more chilling in the statehouse, if you can't get enough of us, uh, you, and really, really, Andrew, who can? <laughs> I can think of a few people in this building, <laughs> yeah. but uh, if, if, you, if you want more of us, you can go wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or we publish new episodes at cjonline.com, and you can go there as well. But for now, we're off to catch up on our beauty rest. Jason, John, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Have a good one.